It's in Jesus' name, amen. Stories about last stand battles are fascinating to me. I think they are intriguing. They are inspiring. Stories where the few stand against the many. Um, think of uh, Thermopylae or uh, Little Bighorn, the Alamo, Bastogne, Stalingrad. I mean, just where people are resolved and ready to make a last stand on a hill worth dying on. Such stories of, uh, of such strength and resolve and courage, um, that's the stuff legends are made of. It's also the stuff that Second Timothy is made of. That's what I hear in Second Timothy. Paul, when he writes this letter, he is on, he's in prison. He's essentially on death row. Uh, he, is, he expects to be martyred for the gospel at any time. His death is imminent. And so he writes this last letter to Timothy, his son in the ministry, his protege. This letter, 2 Timothy, carries the weight of last words. And yet, even in this letter from death row, we don't hear fear. We don't hear Paul whimpering. Uh, we don't hear him whining. We don't hear doubt. Uh, we don't hear fearful praying. Oh, Timothy, pray for me. Pray nothing bad happens. Pray I get out of here. Just pray, pray, pray. You don't even get a hint of that. What you hear is, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. That's what we hear. We hear a faithful to the finished determination. Raw courage. We hear this, this fearless resolve. A last stand uh, courage. And so this morning... Let's listen to Paul's example and Paul's exhortation, and let's learn how we can have that same kind of last stand courage in our day, because as, as we've been seeing in this short series of messages, we need to be resolute today. Steady, bold, faithful, and uh, resolute. So we're not going to go verse by verse through the whole letter. We can do that in, a, in, in one setting, but we're going to kind of survey the whole letter from about 10,000 feet and pull out some things that, that help us along the way. If you have your bulletin, there's a listening guide on the back panel, and the first thing what, what we need to see and hear and know is that we need to be unashamed. If we're going to have that last stand resolve, that last stand courage, like the Apostle Paul, we are to be unashamed. Paul tells Timothy in Chapter 1, verse 8, Do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord or of me, his prisoner. Timothy, don't be ashamed. Don't be embarrassed. Don't be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, the gospel, or of me, his prisoner. Down in verse 12, he says, For this reason I suffer these things, but I am not ashamed. Timothy, I'm not ashamed, and don't you be ashamed either. Paul was not ashamed of the Lord Jesus Christ. He, he knows who Jesus is. He knows what Jesus is. He knows what Jesus has done for him. And he is not ashamed of Christ. And uh, you know what Jesus said? Jesus said, if you're ashamed of me before men in this adulterous and sinful generation, I'll be ashamed of you before my Father. But if you confess me before men, I'll confess you before my Father. Don't be ashamed of Jesus. And Paul was not ashamed of the gospel either. He wasn't ashamed of Christ, and he was not ashamed of the gospel. In fact, he uses those exact words in Romans chapter 1, 16. He says, I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation to them that believe, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Over in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, Paul says, We preach Christ crucified to Jews a stumbling block and to Gentiles 
foolishness. But to those who are the called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. We preach the gospel. To the, to the Jews, it's a stumbling block. To the Greeks, to the Gentiles, it's foolishness. There are some folks who have a hostile reaction to the gospel. They hate the gospel. I mean, they're triggered by the gospel. They get, they get hostile by it. Or others laugh at the gospel. They scoff at it. It's, it's, it's just a joke to them. And as you live the gospel and share the gospel, you're going to meet those kinds of reactions too. You may, you may meet some hostility. You may get laughed at, but don't be ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God unto salvation to them that believe. You, when you know who Jesus is and what Jesus Christ has done for you, and you know the truth and the power of the gospel, don't be ashamed of the gospel. It, we, we need to be resolute in that way. That's last and courage. So number one, be unashamed. Number two, be strong. Be strong. In chapter 1, verse 8, Therefore do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord or of me, his prisoner, but join with me in suffering for the gospel according to the power of God. Well, isn't that a sweet invitation? <laughs> join with me in suffering for the gospel. Sign up for suffering. Now listen, you can't be soft and sign up for suffering. Sign up, show up, and line up for suffering. Join with me in suffering for the gospel. And then move down in, in chapter 2, verse 1. You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Be strong. The things which you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, and trust these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Suffer hardship with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. There again, suffering. I suffer hardship. Down in verse 9, I suffer hardship even to imprisonment as a criminal. Paul knew something about suffering for the gospel. In fact, just listen to some of the things that he suffered. In 2 Corinthians 11, he goes through this list. 2 Corinthians 11, he says this, in labors, far more imprisonments, beaten time without number, often in danger of death, 50 times, or five times, excuse me, five times I've received from the Jews 39 lashes. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and the day I've spent in the deep. I've been on frequent journeys and dangers from rivers, dangers from robbers, dangers from my countrymen, dangers from the Gentiles, dangers in the city, dangers in the wilderness, dangers on the sea, dangers among false brethren. I've been in labor and hardship through many sleepless nights and hunger and thirst, often without food and cold and exposure. And apart from such external things, there is the daily pressure on me of concern for all the churches. Paul knew something about suffering for the gospel, suffering hardship. And he tells Timothy, come on with me. <laughs> Sign up. Join me in suffering for the gospel. But if you're going to do that, you're going to have to be strong. You can't be soft. You can't be a wimp. You've got to be strong. Where does that strength come from? How, how, does, how does Paul endure all that? You know, I want to be like Paul when I grow up, but I don't want to go through all that stuff, personally. I mean, I, I don't want to suffer like that, but I sure want to be like Paul. Where does that stamina, that resolve come from? Well, he tells us. Again, go back to verse 8. Join with me in suffering for the gospel according to the power of God. According to the power of God. That's where Paul's strength comes from. That's where Timothy, Timothy's strength will come from. Sign up. Sign up. Join me in suffering for the gospel. And the power of God will sustain you. And then chapter 2 and verse 1. You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Man, there's a whole sermon right there. Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. This 
strength to endure suffering, to, to, to have that last stand courage and resolve, as, it doesn't come from within you. This isn't something that you muster up yourself. You don't manufacture this strength that comes from God. It's the power of God at work in you. It is the sustaining grace of God in the Lord Jesus Christ. He sustains you. He strengthens you. Be strong in His strength. In fact, to be strong there, it is, it is to be inwardly strengthened. The word means in-strengthened. To be in-strengthened, empowered, to be rendered able. The grace of the Lord Jesus strengthens you inwardly to be strong. So, number one, be unashamed. Number two, be strong. Number three, be certain. Be certain. If we're going to be like Paul, if we're going to have this last stand strength and courage, we have to be certain. Look at verse 12, chapter 1, verse 12. For this reason, reason also I suffer these things, but I am not ashamed. For I know whom I have believed, and am convinced that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him until that day. That's one of my favorite Bible verses. So I want to tell you, that's life-changing. If that sinks in, that'll change you. Whew, that's one of my favorite hymns based on that verse. I know whom I have believed and am persuaded he's able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. The word believed. I know whom I have believed. The word believed is the word for faith. I know whom I have faithed, trusted, believed. And notice he says, I know whom, not what, I know whom I've believed. I'm not suffering for a principle or for a precept, I'm suffering for a person. I don't put my trust in this or that, I trust, my, I, I trust him. I know whom I have trusted, I have faithed. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm persuaded, I'm convinced, he's able to keep and to guard what I've entrusted unto him against that day. What's that day? Day of eternity. I know, I am convinced... He is faithful. I can, he's trustworthy. And I have entrusted unto him. What have you trusted to him, Paul? What, what have you trusted to the Lord? Everything. My life, my death, my eternity. Everything I am, everything I have, everything I hope for, I have put everything in the Lord Jesus Christ. I trust him. And I'm certain, I'm convinced, I'm persuaded he's able to keep what I've committed unto him against that day. Be certain. Can you say that this morning? I mean, is that the testimony of your life? I know whom I've believed. Have you put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ? Are you convinced and persuaded he's able to keep what you committed unto him against that day? When that sinks in, I tell you, that's life-changing. Well, be certain. Number four, be focused. If we're going to last <laughs> like Paul lasted, if we're going to be faithful to the finish, we have to be focused. In chapter 2 and verse 14, Paul tells Timothy, remind them of these things and solemnly charge them in the presence of God not to wrangle about words which is useless and leads to the ruin of hearers. Don't, don't get sidetracked with a bunch of nonsense. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God as a workman who needs not to be ashamed accurately handling the word of truth. But avoid worldly and empty chatter for that will lead to further ungodliness. Again, don't get sidetracked with a bunch of nonsense. Their talk will spread like gangrene. Move down to verse 23. But refuse foolish and ignorant speculations, knowing that they produce quarrels. The Lord's bondservant must not be quarrelsome, but be kind to all, able to teach, patient when wrong, with gentleness, correcting those who are in opposition, if perhaps God may grant them repentance, leading to the knowledge of the truth. Be focused. Timothy, don't get sidetracked. Don't let the other folks in the church, don't let the leaders especially get sidetracked with nonsense, with these side issues. 
Don't get distracted. If you're going to be faithful to the finish, you're going to have to be focused. Single-minded. Don't get sidetracked. Don't get distracted. Now, can we talk? <laughs> we are distracted. We are addicted to our distractions. Silence is loud. When was the last time you sat alone with your own thoughts? We don't like that. Our greatest fear is to be bored. <laughs> we are addicted to these, aren't we? Absolutely addicted. I mean, if you've got a quiet minute, whew, we grab that sucker. I mean, just that quick. I, I, you know what? I, I better scroll my feed. Somebody might have posted something important. Can I tell you something? Nobody ever posts anything important. I mean, but I better check. I better check. I don't want to miss anything. Better check the headlines. Better check this. I want to look at this. I want to see this. I want to play that. We are addicted to our distractions. Scared to death to be quiet. Scared to death to be silent. Scared to death to be alone with ourselves or alone with God. And it's not just the phone thing. We're addicted. We're distracted by our work and responsibilities, by recreation, by entertainment. We're, we're, we're distracted by, by, by politics, by a hundred other things. We are absolutely distracted. We have to be focused. Be focused. Be single-minded. Keep the main thing the main thing. And you know, it's true for a church. Churches get distracted. It is a constant battle. Because we're always pulled in different directions. And, and churches get, get distracted by everything that's new and shiny and different. <laughs> and we'd rather do anything but the main thing. And we can, get, we can get busy doing good things. But good things stop being good things when they keep us from doing the best thing. The main thing, that is making, gospels, uh, making disciples, sharing the gospel, making disciples to the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's always got to be the main thing. Be focused. Number five. We need to be prepared. Be prepared. If we're going to have this last stand strength, we have to be prepared. Chapter 3 and verse 1. But realize this. Be realistic. Here's what you need to know. Realize this. That in the last days, difficult times will come. For men will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, revilers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irreconcilable, malicious gossips, without self-control, brutal, haters of good, treacherous, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, holding to a form of godliness, although they have denied its power. Sound familiar? <laughs> Boy, howdy. That's our world, isn't it? Now, to be fair, that's not new. People have been like this since the beginning. But things are getting worse. I've seen it in my lifetime, and I'm young, <laughs> but I've seen it in my lifetime. People say things out loud that they would never have said out loud not that long ago. People do things in public that they would never have done in public once upon a time. Things are celebrated today that we were ashamed of once upon a time. Things have proceeded from bad to worse, haven't they? they it, it's bad. And down in verse 12, Indeed, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. You just need to realize this. Know it. You want to live for the Lord Jesus? You're going to pay a price. You're going to take the hit. Verse 13, Evil men and impostors will proceed from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. Hard times are coming. 
leading the church, following Jesus. It's not going to be butterflies and rainbows all the time. It's going to be hard. It's, it's going to be bad, and it's going to get more bad as we go. It's going to go from bad to worse. You don't have to be afraid. Just be ready. Don't be naive. Be prepared. It's, it's coming. Realize this. Be realistic. So be prepared. So unashamed, strong, certain, focused, prepared. Number six, be faithful. Be faithful. Remember, Paul is on death row. He's expecting to be martyred at any time. These are last words to his son in the ministry. And he says this in chapter 3 and verse 14. Timothy, continue in the things you have learned and become convinced of, knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the sacred writings which are able to give you the wisdom which leads to salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. Continue in the things you have known. That's the Scriptures. Continue in the Scriptures. Timothy, you know the Word. You've been taught the Word. You know the Word. Believe the Word and abide in the Word. Continue in the Word. The word continue here is the same word that Jesus uses in John 15 when He says, Abide in Me, I abide in You. Uh, my words abide in You. Abide in My Father's love. It's the same word. To continue, to remain, abide. Stay faithful to the Word, to the Scriptures. You know the Word. Believe the Word. Live the Word. Continue in the Word. Stay faithful to the Word. Why? And he says, the Scriptures are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. The Scriptures are able to make thee wise unto salvation. The, the Bible is where we get the Gospel. The Bible shows us that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. The Bible shows us how we have sinned, where we have sinned, the consequences of our sin, that, that, that our sins have separated us us from God and condemned us to an eternity apart from God. The Bible tells us that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, born of a virgin, laid in a manger, that Jesus lived a sinless life, that the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and then he laid down his life on Calvary's cross as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. He's the Lamb of God which taketh away the sins of the world. He, he died for you. He was buried. He was raised again. He ascended to the Father. He is seated at the right hand of majesty on high. And now he offers the gift of eternal life to anyone who would repent and believe on him. You must be born again. And that you're saved by grace through faith. You're not saved by doing religious stuff. You're not saved by deeds. You're not saved by, by good works. You're not saved with money. You're not saved by anything other than the grace of God. And you lay hold of that grace by faith in Jesus Christ. The Bible tells us all this. The Scriptures are able to make thee wise into salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Have you been saved? Have you put your faith and trust in Christ? Well, the Bible tells us that's the most important thing. You must be born again. Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of heaven. The Scriptures make thee wise into salvation. But not only that, Paul goes on to say, all Scripture is inspired by God. It's, it's God-breathed. All Scripture is God-breathed, and it's profitable, it's useful for teaching or doctrine. The Bible tells us what is right and true. For reproof, the Bible tells us where, we, we, where we've gone wrong. It shows us errors in belief and behavior. For correction, the Bible tells us how to get back on track in, in belief and behavior. For training in righteousness, moral training that leads to righteous living. He says that the man of God may be adequate and equipped for every good work. Timothy, be faithful to the Word. And be faithful with the Word as well. Be faithful to the ministry God has given you. It keeps on going. I solemnly charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead by His appearing in His kingdom. Preach the Word. The Word that you know, the Word that you've been taught, the Word you believe, the Word that you're going to continue in and abide in, well, preach it. 
Preach it. Be ready in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with great patience and instruction. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires and will turn away their ears from the truth and will turn aside to myths. Sound familiar? Boy, howdy. Isn't that our world today? That's, that's a lot of the church today as well. Ooh. Stay true to the word. Faithful. Be faithful to the word with the word. Be faithful to the ministry God has given you. Number seven, be serious. Be serious. Be unashamed. Be strong. Be certain. Be focused. Be prepared. Be faithful. And be serious. In verse five, but you be sober in all things. Sober. Serious. This is serious business. Be sober in all things. Endure hardship. Again, suffer with me for the gospel. Do the work of an evangelist, sharing the gospel, making disciples. Fulfill your ministry that God has given you. Sharing the gospel, making disciples, leading and strengthening the church. Be sober. Be serious about this. Be single-minded. Be focused. We, be intent about making disciples, sharing the gospel, making disciples, and strengthening the church. If we're going to have that last stand courage, if we're going to be faithful to the finish, We've got to be focused as well. Sober and serious. I have three young grandchildren. They're just little guys. Elementary school. My grandchildren are exposed to things on a daily basis that I didn't see until I went off to college as an adult. Our... Uh, they're not just being exposed to stuff. They're being indoctrinated with stuff. That, that many of us at my age or older, we didn't, we didn't even see in the world or experience in the world until you went out in the world. But little children are being exposed to this. You know, as much as we would like to shelter and protect our kids, we better be preparing them. Because the world is there and the world is coming to them. We've got to be making disciples. This is serious business. I mean, their, their lives hang in the balance. Their eternal destinies hang in the balance. And for those of you who are disciple makers, working in Sunday school or Awana or in our youth ministry, God bless you. I thank God for you. You're my heroes. May God bless you in your disciple making efforts. And let me tell you what you're doing. You're doing, it's important. It's serious. It's, it couldn't be more serious. The stakes are sky high. And, and, and you know, for kids who are actually here Sunday morning and, and Wednesday night, if we have them in Sunday school and Awana, we're talking, what, two hours, two and a half hours? But they're out there in the world for another 100, 120 hours, out there in the culture. Oh, it's, this is serious. And you know, a lot of this stuff that's going on in our culture today, there's a spiritual war going on. There's a spiritual component. There, there's a spiritual war. There's a cultural war going on. But you know, there's a generational component to this as well. And, and the reality is, is that we have failed to pass on a love for God and country to the next generation, really two generations. And now we're paying for it. We've got to be making disciples. We've got to be serious about making disciples of all ages. Be sober in all things. So, be serious. And then number eight. Be sure, be sure. And verse 6, he says, For I 
am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure has come. The for I is emphatic. I mean, it just jumps out in the original language. And it stands in contrast to the but you in verse 5. But you, Timothy, you, you be sober in all things, endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. You, for I, I'm done. Now, he's not saying, well, I'm old, and it's time for the young people to do their thing. No, I, I'm retired. I don't have to do this anymore. I quit. No, I'm dying. That's what he's saying. I, I'm being poured out like a drink offering. What does that mean? In the Old Testament sacrificial system, God required his worshipers to bring a whole burnt offering for the atonement of sin and guilt. And so a worshiper would bring an animal, and that whole animal would be offered to God. The priests didn't get any. The worshiper didn't get any. The whole animal was offered to God as an atoning sacrifice for sins. And then there was a grain offering that went with it. So some flour or grain would be burned up with that offering. And a drink offering would be poured out as well. That's what Paul is talking about. My life is being poured out as a drink offering. Uh, the priest doesn't get any. The worshiper doesn't get any. I'm being poured out. There's nothing being held back. It's all on the altar. It's all offered to God, and I'm being poured out. My life is being poured out like a drink offering before the Lord. And the time of my departure has come. And that's his death. That's the same language he used in Philippians 1. For to me to live as Christ dies gain. To depart and be with Christ is far better. For Paul, to, to die is to depart. I'm being released. 